grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Quoting the Bible out of context can be dangerous business. It can indeed. Anytime I hear Bible verses just plucked out like pearls, I start to get a little bit nervous when somebody says, the truth shall make you free. I don't want to say, which truth are you talking about? Or one you hear a lot, judge not lest you be judged. What do we mean by that? Or this is a favorite of athletes. In God, I can do all things. Does that just mean dunking, winning the Super Bowl? What does it mean? The Bible gets quoted out of context all the time, and it's a dangerous thing. But even more dangerous is when you misquote it out of context. (laughs) And that is often the case with this word that we have from St. Paul in today's epistle. Because I can't tell you how many times I have heard people say, well, you know, you can't be all things to all people. Or they might even say, just as the Bible tells us, you can't be all things to all people. I remember, friends, sitting in a meeting with one of these church consultants, these folks who you pay to come to your church, tell you how bad you are, and then they leave. Very helpful. (laughs) Who came and told us, if you want to grow your church, you know you can't be all things to all people. And his point was, you know, you got to focus. You got to have your target market and reach them because you can't be all things to all people. Well, in point of fact, Paul says the exact opposite, doesn't he? He says, I have become all things to all people. And I get what the church consultant was saying and others when they're telling you, you can't be all things to all people. There's some wisdom to that. We'll, we'll get to that. But what the scripture says, this proverbial wisdom from Paul is just the opposite. I have become all things to all people. This is, this is Paul's missional mantra. This is his MO when it comes to how he is going to reach others with the gospel. I have become all things to all people that by any means necessary, I might save some. It's dangerous quoting the Bible out of context, especially misquoting it. But it's also dangerous when it comes to applying a word like this. What's it look like actually to be all things to all people? That takes wisdom. And so this morning, I want to meditate on this missional mantra of Paul. I want to think first about ways that it can go wrong, then look at how it is made right in our Lord, and then finally, how you and I can apply it in our own lives well and faithfully to the glory of God and to the blessing of those who need to hear the good news. I've become all things to all people. Let's start by thinking about how can that go wrong? Let me tell you a cautionary tale. This comes from a a novel called Silence by a Japanese author named Shusaku Endo. And in that novel, there's a character by the name of Cristiano. And Cristiano is someone who is anxious to reach outsiders for God. He's the kind of people-pleasing person that he always, he wants to make sure that everyone is his friend, that nobody is against him, that nobody is against God. And so he is ready to do whatever he has to do, give up whatever he has to give up in order that other people might hear. He has, in that sense, a missionary heart. But as the story goes on, Cristiano becomes a missionary to Japan. This is in the 1600s, I think. And at that time, Japan was a profoundly, not just unchristian, but anti-Christian country. And we hear in the story how Cristiano, with that heart, that people-pleasing attitude, who wants to constantly be reaching out to be all things to all people, 
He's like, okay, okay, uh, so you want me to give up my language? Done. Okay, that's good. Give up all my customs? All right, I'll do it. Give up my name, if I must. And it just keeps going, where with that basic attitude of I'll become all things to all people, by the end of the story, he has given up all things to all people, including his own faith. And he has apostatized, to use the, the technical term. He has renounced his faith because, well, if you're going to become all things to all people, at some point you're going to have to give up your faith too because there's a lot of people out there who don't believe. It's a cautionary tale. And it's one that I've seen be enacted in the present tense in contemporary times too often. You see it with, with famous folks. You see it with friends, perhaps who start with that attitude, I want to be all things to all people. I think of a guy I went to college with who had this kind of attitude. He was raised in a Christian home, very much had that kind of missional bent, that missionary bent, and yet he kept willing to compromise and to succumb to other things, all with a, a good intention, at least that's how it started, until finally he slipped away in a flood of sludge trying to be all things to all people. When this word, this proverbial wisdom of the scriptures, is taken just as a, a general principle of how you and I ought to go along to get along, it can be really dangerous in its own right. Because you start compromising. I mean, at first, it can just be a little bit anxious-making as you're frantically trying to reach other people. For some of you, I know, you are people-pleasers at heart, right? You're golden retrievers. And you're ready to do or to say whatever somebody wants just so you can like, they'll like you. Like, okay, what do you want to hear? What do, you, what do I need to do? It's not always a bad thing. I have a golden retriever, okay? <laughs> but it can be dangerous as you're frantically trying to reach out to others to make sure to appease them. But worse yet, as the, the story of Cristiano tells and, and too many other cautionary tales through the ages, if you just have this idea that I need to go along to get along, oh, maybe even for the sake of the gospel, it can lead to you finally compromising your faith. We need to be careful on this point. The great G.K. Chesterton once said, don't be so open-minded that your brain falls out. <laughs> and we might say similarly, don't be so open-hearted that your faith falls out. Be all things to all people. What does that really look like? Well, I want to say then that it's not just a general principle that can be applied and thrown around willy-nilly. It's not saying that you and I all have to be golden retrievers, that we all just need to be people pleasers and whatever people say, whatever people want, that's what we have to do for the sake of the gospel. It's not a call or a summons for us to desalt ourselves, to remove the savoriness of the Christian confession so that it can be a little bit more palatable for others. It's not just a, a Christian version of when in Rome, do as the Romans do. That's, that's not what Paul's saying. That's not what this missional mantra is all about. But to understand it aright and to apply it faithfully, we have to see how ultimately this word is rooted in Christ himself. If we don't see this word from God as rooted in the life and ministry and death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus, we'll never understand it or apply it aright. But think about what our Lord has done for us. Think about when we talk about the incarnation, which is our fancy theological term to talk about God taking on flesh to dwell among us. Or as some translations say, how God took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. 
And so our Lord Jesus has done for you and me. He assumed for us this human vesture. And he didn't just show up as an adult one day, whoop, but he went through it all, conceived, born through a childhood, through puberty, God bless him, through adulthood. He went through all of it, experiencing all of it. The book of Hebrews says that he was uh, like us in every way yet without sin, tempted in every way that you and I are. He knows it from the inside out, see. He truly became all things for your sake and mine. And think about his ministry. Think about how Jesus goes about his ministry of, of teaching and reaching others with the good news. How he's so often, you know, he's telling stories, these parables, which for one thing are short and brief, a lesson that preachers still have not learned, right? Uh, but he, he tells these stories that connect with people where they are. He's often quoting the Old Testament, of course, which was, I mean, what we call the Old Testament, which was the scripture for the, the Jews at the time. That's what they needed to hear in order to understand his mission and what he had come to fulfill. He meets people where they are, quite literally, and then walks with them. But then ultimately, how does our Lord become all things to all people? He takes it all the way to the cross. He endures all things for all people, for your sake and for mine. He takes that onto his shoulders too. There is not a road that you have walked or could walk that Christ has not walked with you and for you. See? In assuming all things, he knows all things and he is with you in all things. Whatever pain you might find yourself in today, whatever weariness or exhaustion, wait on the Lord and know that he's been there and he'll be there to renew your strength. He calls you and me to come to him when we are weary and heavy laden that he might lift you up. He knows what it's like. He's been there every step of the way because in him and through him, he has become all things to all people, including for you and me. Now, seeing that then, and understanding our sympathetic, empathetic Lord, the one who, who has suffered with us and for us, then through those lenses, I think we're able to, to understand this missional mantra aright, to know what it means and how you and I can apply it faithfully. And here I want to share with you not a cautionary tale, but I think one that is emblematic and exemplary for you and me. My buddy Mike tells a story how this past summer, he and his family were walking through the park. They were just going on a, a simple walk. But his wife, Amy, her sandal was broken and it was kind of digging into her foot. And so she did what some of us might do in that kind of situation. Is it better for me to have a sandal that's digging into my foot or to walk barefoot? So she took off her sandals and went the rest of the way walking barefoot. But my buddy Mike, who like me is a hard driver and we got places to go as dads, we always have to make good time, even when we're going on a walk through the woods, right? Mike keeps his shoes on and just keeps going on ahead. And it, in fact, he's starting to get a little bit frustrated with Amy and saying, hey, can't you keep up? Let's go. You know, walk at my pace. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So Mike tells this story. All right. I'm not telling tales out of, out of school. But then the next week, the next week, he was on a, a walk with a, a buddy of his named Craig. And in this case, it was Mike's shoes that started hurting. I don't know where they're getting shoes from, family, but... In any case, it's his shoes that start hurting and digging in. And so he's like, oh, yeah, what did Amy do? She just took her shoes off. So he takes his shoes off. 
But in this case, his buddy Craig, without saying a word, without asking a question, he takes his shoes off too. So that they can walk together at the same pace. And Mike, who was duly convicted at that point, <laughs> he reflected on that and realized this is kind of what it means for you and me to be called as witnesses of our Lord Jesus. It's not always the case that you need to change your whole personality, change your whole self to become all things to all people. But what we do is we meet all people at all places. See? And then we're able to take our shoes off to walk with them barefoot, so to speak. What I mean by that is some people are far along on the journey of faith, and we're ready to walk with them at that pace. We're excited. But for other people, they're still way back here. They're still wandering in the wilderness, right? They're still you know, straying away from the Lord. How can we meet them there? Not that we might also stray, but to take off our shoes and to walk at that pace and ultimately to try and lead them to the one who is the way and the truth and the life. Does that make sense? And so our Lord Jesus has done for us, how he took off his shoes, how he came in our human vesture in order to meet you and me where we are, to walk the road that we have to walk, even all the way to the grave. Listen, this word, to be all things to all people, it's a dangerous word if understood incorrectly or applied willy-nilly or applied in reverse, not to become all things to all people. It's a dangerous word, but it's also a life-giving word when we see it through our Lord Jesus, the one who truly was and is all things to and for all people. For necessity's sake, he has done that for us. Dangerous, yes, but in Christ, life-giving for us and for all the world. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.